Welcome to Red Hill Stories, discussions about faith, life, and Jesus. I am your host, Lyle Walker. Before we get into the episode, I just want to remind you if this is your first time listening to the podcast, I encourage you to go back to our website. You can check up on all of our old episodes. We have two seasons now. You can also subscribe to our iTunes channel and also on Spotify. And also, if you don't mind, hit that like button, share it, let other people know about the podcast. And if you really like what you have to hear, maybe even give one of those uh, testimonials or like reviews. That would be great too, because that helps get the word about the podcast. On today's episode, today we have Jocelyn Hayden. Hey, hey, family. How are you doing? I'm good. You're How are good? you? Yeah. Thank you so much for coming out and talking oh, to me. It's my pleasure and an honor to be here. So let's do it. Let's do it. Let's right? do it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. This is going to be a good time. I can even tell. Okay. So um, I always start out with this because some people just, uh, you know, they find the podcast for many different reasons. They're right. not really sure what we're doing here. So I like to give a little, like, you know, reminder okay. of what Real Stories is. Uh, what we do here is we talk about Jesus. For as sure. much as possible, right? <laughs> uh, but the idea behind Red Hill Stories is that it's a testimonial type yeah. podcast because uh, we know that one, if you go to Red Hills Church um, and you show up on a Sunday, there's some chances you can get to know somebody through discussion. You know, if you get there early enough and, you, right. and you're willing to stay. Uh, but most time, it's kind of just like, "Hey, how you doing? Yeah. How was your weekend?" That small talk stuff. Yeah. And if maybe you get involved in the community group, and if perhaps you invite somebody over to your house, and maybe if you're to lunch, <laughs> you can get beyond those initial discussions. But that's kind of where the wall is most on most Sundays. And so the heart behind Red Hill Stories is to help people maybe perhaps, one, hear about what Jesus has done in someone's life okay. and give encouragement through that. Because you never know what people's gone, people have gone through in their yeah, life. Yeah, that's true. Um, and so if you can hear a story about someone who's had a similar struggle or something that just is like, man... God brought them through that. It can just encourage us through mm-hmm. our through mm-hmm. our walk. Uh, but on the second end of that is, um, or the other end of that spectrum is that can we just break down that wall? You know, can I get to know that person yeah. that I've seen on Sunday so many times? If I know just one little thing that I didn't know about them now, and maybe there is a, a connection there, I can more quickly move beyond that. How was your weekend? Type discussion. Yeah, so, love it. So we talk about you know it's faith, life, and Jesus. So it's what what are we What's our faith like? Our faith like, um, our life, and but ultimately, how does Jesus play in all, in all of that? So okay. that's that's Red Hill stories. I love it. I love it. <laughs> all right. So one of the ways we break down that wall is we always start off with um, a funny antidote okay. about someone, um, and what is something that maybe no one mm. knows about you besides you know. <laughs> Intimate details is probably not great, but what is something? <laughs> what is something that you know somebody wouldn't maybe know about you just by looking at Jocelyn? Okay, so guys, do not judge me on this, but I absolutely take a pleasure and love burping or belching. <laughs> it's my favorite, and I love to rate it like one to ten, like one being low, ten being high. It's my favorite. Oh my god! <laughs> is this like a family trait? Like, thank you. It definitely. Me and my is? brother, my parents did not instill this in us. I love you, mom and dad. But my brother <laughs> and me, we told him, I'm the oldest, so I don't know if I started, but we were raped them. We were like, good job, sis, bro. That was real weak, bro. Do better. And so it just became fun. My husband is not with it at all. <laughs> Aaron is not. He's not with it. And so I love it. 
And I just, it's freedom, you know? Just that is great. Free, free, yeah. That's fantastic. I know when and when not. I want to do it in public, but, you know. Maybe. Depends. Uh, you know, it, it depends, it depends on, on what they think. Come on. You talking. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's fantastic. So, yeah. We actually, Landon has a, our son Landon has a really good belt. Burp. Really? I need And to. like, we've been trying to tell him not to do it because uh, he doesn't know when not to do it. Okay. That's that that makes a difference. Like, yeah. we'll be in the middle of a restaurant <laughs> and he just lets all like that, like oh, yeah. deep hurtling, like, good Lord, there's something right. wrong with that person. That's kind of deep. Yeah. yeah. Um, but now we're, he's getting a hold of it. But okay. maybe, maybe we'll bring him yeah, next we time you're over. Yeah, we training or something. Throwing yeah. some, you know, um, you know, carbonated beverages or whatever and i'm so down root beer is like everything that really gets me going so i feel like the diet soda makes it worse yeah there's so? something yeah. about diet soda i don't know i don't believe in diet soda anyway so i don't, oh, you don't, I, don't I don't believe i don't you <laughs> just drink it or not and so you know that's just me though right that's yeah so me and Lennon need to conviction. hang out yeah i think we could we would be good friends me and landon yeah he's a yeah yeah he's a good belcher yeah see right, right. yeah that's we may even like if there's like contests out there. Ooh, like, we would be in it. To did you win ever it. have like contests? Like okay, like a family like get together, be like who can belch the loudest. But see, so this is this is a part. I do not know how to make myself. Ah, yeah, my brother could do that. I never had the skill. It's a skill. Yes, it I is. never attained the skill to do that. So it has to just come naturally. That's well, true. those are the best. Yes, it is. Yeah, those are yes. the bottom up type. Mm. Okay. So you can't. Okay. All right. I'm writing I'm this down. Yeah. Anybody at church, if you want to challenge Jocelyn to a particular battle, yeah. just know that mm. she, she can't just do it on the spot. Mm -hmm, it doesn't mm -hmm, work that way. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to prep. Maybe so. we should get a group or on Slack like, or something like that. Like a private you know, yeah. belt, the belching group. Yeah. I think that's a support one. for each yeah. other. Mm -hmm. A support group. Mm -hmm. But not, not in the support group where you don't want them to do it anymore. Like you're not supporting each other all. to we're encouraging and the freedom this. of it and yes. knowing when and when not. Freedom in Christ, right? Come on, because this is also a gift that I feel like we've been given. So That's I don't right. want to, you know, neglect Christ in that. Exactly. He's in all we do. Christ right? be glorified. Yes. That's right. Let's do it. You're preaching here. <laughs> you are all right. This preaching. has gotten. We have the rails are off. <laughs> Somehow we're going to bring this back around to Jesus. If we can do mm. this, if we can achieve what some of the other people's persons. Um, uh, funny things yeah. have been less this, uh -huh. um, and uh, and we've been able to transition to the Jesus conversation pretty quickly. I feel like if we can achieve this today, this is going to be the hallmark. But we did say that Christ was in all that we yes, do, we and it was a good thing. So that we did. So huh? I, I feel okay. confident. I me feel too. Good about this. Me too. Okay. Thank you for letting me share that. <laughs> all right, Jocelyn. Um, so, what is your story? So my story is, I'm from the beautiful city of Tallahassee, mm. right? Married to the handsome Aaron Hayden. Um, beautiful daughter, Aria Hayden. Um, oldest of just two siblings, me and my brother, um, who is a fireman here. So very proud of him, a proud big sister. Two amazing parents. My dad is actually my daughter's uh, number one babysitter because mm. he's retired now. Um, and so just grew up in church my entire life. My dad was a minister at a young age, and then now he's a pastor. Mm. And my mom is that um, first lady slash minister slash holiness <laughs> or nothing <laughs> um, woman of God. And so I've been blessed to be in a Christian family. Yeah. So what was your uh, what was your early childhood like? 
Like, what was it like growing up in your family? Oh, great question. So, because my parents always loved Jesus, we've always been in church. So, we did everything together. Um, Bible study. I was always in a youth group. So, if you could think of anything youth-related, I was going to be there. Mm -hmm. Sunday school, Bible study, afternoon programs, we're in it together. And so, we were always together in, in service. But also, always together at home or wherever we went, you saw all four of us. Mm. Um, so, very loving um, home. My friends always want to come hang out with me. I'm like, but we didn't have a lot, I felt. But they always sense of love there and so very loving um and just grew up in the in the church grew up um we grew up prim primitive baptist and so i'm um, just one of the older denominations of baptist in yeah, african-american yeah, yeah. community um, is that what the we primitive means yeah, exactly i see those means. churches i'm like i never know the buildings typically look old yeah to be they, yeah they're never like a brand new building. like oh that was built in the last 10 years that's, 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 that's yeah, got some age yeah. To it. I, to be honest that's a good point i don't know of any new yeah. primitive baptist churches that have come open yeah so one. so the primitive just means just older. older. Yeah, they they kind of excite themselves on being one of the first, mm. right? Okay. So we do everything um, the traditional, which is okay if it's in the Holy Spirit, um, traditional way. And so that's what primitive is, the older style. Gotcha. Yeah, so that's what we grew up in. So at a at younger age, you said you were always in church, always in middle school. Mm -hmm. When was like middle school groups and like youth and things of that mm -hmm. nature? Mm -hmm. uh, when was that first like, I hate to use the word experience because it always it always leaves the term like you know you just you had this moment. But when was that first time you felt like the calling of the Lord in your life, or when you first felt like Jesus was a real thing that you should start you know really actually <laughs> thinking about and caring about, not just something yeah. that your your family talked about, but yeah. something that was actually impactful in your life. Yeah, definitely. I always kind of knew that God was real. Um, not necessarily relationship-wise, but I knew that he was there because I saw him in people and things of that nature. So I got saved and baptized at nine years old. But I still just did what children do. You know, you live, you're in the back seat of the church, hang out with your friends. You love going to church because your friends are there. So it was more so just a hanging out thing. So I think for me, um, 12th grade year in high school, I had a car, and so my brother was, I think, in that point, middle school. And so I took him to NIMS. I went to Rickards. And we were in a car accident. Mm. Um, and so we were going past a big tree right by NIMS and a lady ran a stop sign because she was kind of reading and mm -hmm. so she didn't see the stop sign and so when it looked like we we're going to hit the big oak tree to the left there was also a cable um there and we ended up hitting the cable instead and so my car was just total it was a wreck but thank god we weren't hurt and when I got out of that I was like man if I would have died today would it have been heaven or hell and mm -hmm. I legitly could not answer that question and so that's when it was like, okay, Jocelyn, you got to figure out what you're doing here and what do you believe. Um, and that was a moment that God said, I need you to get for real about what we're doing and who, who I am in your life, um, thus who you are. And so I think that was the moment for me that kind of changed um, my belief, my shit with God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it was 12th grade. So talk a little bit about your um, early church life, like that, that time frame in middle school, high school, even early college years where – you're in church. What was those environments? What was it like growing up in the primitive Baptist church environment? So, like we said, with primitive being more so traditional, it was very traditional. When I say traditional, I mean to the point of you were black and white on this Sunday. Um, you sit in this area. Uh, you do communion with um, this book that kind of leads and guides you through the steps of communion. And so we had like a, we call it like a, it was a green book, but more of a primitive Baptist kind of um, dues or a ceremonial hmm. things. So we definitely went by what that book looked like in the church. And so with that, you had different um, ceremonies or you had um, different ways of 
meeting your traditions. And so a lot of things, even for women, we couldn't preach. Mm. Um, so you could definitely teach a Sunday school class, but there was no preachers that were women in the church. And it's still kind of like that now. They're kind of changing that a little bit, but that's still kind of where, where it was. And so with that, a lot of things we just couldn't do. You know, you no dresses, you know, no skirts, mm-hmm. things of that nature. You need to, um, I'm sorry, no pants <laughs> for women um, on dresses and skirts or different lengths or, you know, things of that nature. And so it was traditional. However, I had amazing parents who kind of gave me freedom to do some things, and so I didn't feel so locked down. Mm. Um, and then having that youth group was a help too, because we had other kids my age um, in the church. But so we were just we were there every Sunday. We were there from Sunday school um, up until we had a lot of evening services. So we were definitely doing a lot of churching, um, things of that nature. So probably something you hear more in Southern Baptist, I'm guessing, kind of those same traditions mm. um, there. And so the church culture was for me, and it's kind of how I took it. It was more so. Um, the truth was nailed in us, right? The truth of God, but it wasn't mm-hmm. sort of that love of him. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's more like you read and pray because that's what you're supposed to do because that's what God said and you do it that way. And if you don't do it like that, then, you know, do you really love God? And so that kind of, for me, made me feel like it was more manipulative. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once I got to kind of get more into God, that's kind of what I felt like um, in the culture. And it was definitely a lot of, for me, seemed entertainment. And so mm-hmm. wave your hands, lift them up. If you don't do that, you know, he woke up this morning, you know, so you need to be thankful and you need to show that in, in your expressions and you need to show that in by waving your hand and standing up. And if you're teaching or if you're singing or if you're speaking, if people say amen, then they agree with you. You know, you're doing a good job. If not, are you really doing what you should be doing? Are you really speaking? Are you know, are you really doing good? And that could all, all be how I took it. But that's what it, it showed me. And that's kind of the place it put me in as yeah. a young Christian. Mm. So that's kind of how I lived it, you know. Yeah, cause um, you, had, you had said in our like our first discussion something about like it didn't matter how late you were out on a saturday <laughs> you're gonna be at church you're saturday. gonna be at church yeah okay and now for me because i love hanging out and i love people and so if the club was open i was pretty much in it um and so my dad was like hey i'm gonna trust you to go out here and be who you are be who taught you to be but when you get home, it doesn't matter how late that is, you're going to Sunday school in the morning. So I can get home at like three or, you know, two or whatever, and I'm getting up in the morning, and I better be dressed uh, to be, so they can be on time for Sunday school. And so that's how my dad was. And my mom gave me that grace and space to do, to hang out. My dad was not that person. A little bit more reserved, but my mom was like, well, I used to hang out, and I, you know, I want to give her that freedom as a preacher's kid to still have fun. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of allowed me to go to the clubs or do other parties, um, but it, that didn't matter. He was going to be at church in the morning. Be at church. <laughs> and be ready. That's right. Yeah. And so I grew up in choir. Or, um, we had to either sing or you had to usher. You're not going to sit on the pew and do nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up in that. Or in Sunday school, you know, the teachers, you have to be able to say what you learned. And so I grew up in church, not want to ever speak, but not really a lot of um, youth at some of the churches I went to. And so I had to learn how to speak in front of people. And that's mm-hmm. where that came from. And so. That's a part of growing up for me too, mm. doing something. Mm. That's yeah. right. So that was growing up in the church. What was it like as you got older, went into your you know graduated high school, got into college, and you know kind of went from there? What were those years like for you? Um, very involved in high school. If if I could be on the committee, on the team, on the dance team, and somebody field trip, I'm going to do that. And so I was very involved um, in high school. Not so much in college. Was just. Probably because I was from Tallahassee. I went to FAMU here mm. locally, and so I kind of stayed with my same people and friends. Um, 
But I guess after that accident in 12th grade, for my college years, things came a little bit more real for me. Didn't stop me from hanging out, but it did say, okay, what am I doing? Is it pleasing to God? Um, I want to know more about God for myself. And so in college, met some really cool young adults because, it, again, Prentin Baptist Church, you kind of just have to stay in this structure. You don't get to do too much out of that. And so gospel rap, not really, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, and so things like that, like I want to be involved in because I knew definitely about rap and music. I loved it. And it wasn't the best, you know, it had cursing and those things. But now I'm being convicted a little bit like, mm. okay, you know, I, mean, I probably should do these things, listen to these, listen to these things. And so I met a young group of people and the name of the organization was House of Judah. And so House of Judah started from another gentleman in college. He was a DJ and he got saved as well. And he wanted to start something that young people could do and still love God and still please him and live that life without compromising who you were. And so we had house parties, um, we had different concerts, we would just go out and hang out, do Bible studies together. But I saw a group of people that were my age having a good time and they were saved and it mm. wasn't separate. Like this was their life. Right. You know, I can hang out with them and not worry about alcohol being spit on me at the club or you know my foot getting stuck on at the club because I'm with these people. There is no alcohol involved in it. We have gospel rap, we have Christian R&P, we have rhythm and praise. First time hearing that was House of Judah. And so it was just good music and good people and good times. And that's one that started helping me, helped me to transition out of the club, secular club, into um, what God had just showed me about and called me to do. Um, and that started my, I think, my journey on knowing that I love people and knowing that I want to do something that is going to impact people, but that they can know that these things aren't separated. Because I live that. Yeah, I yeah. live church and I live world. Mm. Um, I did both of those things because I still want to have fun and have a good time, but I didn't see that in church. And so that's what you to help me to know, no, this is who God called you to be. Just live that, that out and show people what Christ looks like and having fun doing that. And so that's what Judah was to me. And that helped me to transition yeah. from the secular part to the Christian world a little bit more. So you talked about how, like, when you were in high school, your senior year, you your 12th grade year, mm-hmm. um, which is the same thing. I don't know why I think You had a car wreck. Yeah. And that kind of at least at that moment, kind of woke you up to, yeah. you know, there's more to this than just church, right? right. I need to have a, it sounded like it almost like I need to have a real relationship here. Yeah. If not, I'm on a, I'm on the highway to hell kind of yeah. a thing. Um, but then how did that, like, how did that really transform your life in those college years? Like when, what, what changed about you um, from, I'm just going to church person because I'm forced to on a Sunday mm-hmm. to now I have, I want to at least have like a real relationship with Jesus. So part of it, I think, was just seeing my my mom and dad had it really relationship with Jesus for real. Like, and they had this joy and this peace um, that they still very much have. And I saw that there was a difference, mm. not just with them, but just people that feel to love God. I saw there was a difference. And so in high school, you're trying to middle school, maybe even you're trying to find yourself, <laughs> figure out who you are. Um, what's real, what's not real. You're trying to fit in. And so in high school, my friends were my everything. That's where my advice came mm-hmm. from. That's where I, who I consulted. And so they had a big part of my life. My friends, I always had a boyfriend. So those things were really big to me. Probably more important than anything else, to be honest, was that group of people. And so um, having an accident really made me feel like, it, are those people, are those things going to give me what I am looking for? Because I still desired to have that same thing I see in my parents, to have that joy and that peace. I wanted to know him for real. Like, what's, what I see in them is a difference that I don't feel and I don't have. And so even for me then, it was a lot of feeling. I don't feel like it's personal with me and God. I don't feel 
like, you know, I know him as they know him. I don't see the connection with me and him um, that I get to see in them. And so when I had the accident and God kind of shook me up a little bit, I want to have that. Like, God, I want that to be real to me. What does that look like? Because right now, I mean, if I go to church, cool. If I don't, even better, to be honest. I really mm. want to hang out. Right, right. And so I think that kind of changed me and woke me up to say, okay, how do we get here? I want to mm. be at this place with you that I right. see um, in my parents. So college years, right? Right. That only lasts like four, five, four or five years. Um, so like mid twenties, all the way. The last, what what has been going on the last fifteen years of your life? My goodness, <laughs> wow, fifteen years. <laughs> <laughs> so back to my dad. So my dad was ministering, ended up being a pastor. Um, I was always involved at the church because one, I love my dad. And mm-hmm. two, I, I knew that, you know, God was with it. I want to be able to be a part of that. And so I've always helped. Even I led youth groups. I was a youth director um, for a while at, at my dad's church. And so I definitely was heavily in the church, always was on some committee or doing something. Um, and part of it because I just love people. So I was down to do those things anyway. But another part of it was I felt obligated to do those things. And so I was always in church, um, evolved on my own accord in church. And so then... Um, did that for a while and then ended up getting married to Aaron and I knew that I needed to transition to his church. Mm-hmm. I always felt that I needed to be with my husband on what we need to serve ministry together. And so after I did that to my dad's church, my dad was definitely happy to hear that and I, and I went and did that. Now, going back to church culture for me and how mm-hmm. that looked, that was... And I'm just going to say black church because that's what I know it to be. Mm-hmm. That's what I grew up in. This is my first time actually experiencing multiculture. I know something outside of um, all African-American church service. Okay. And so for that, that culture to me kind of is the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, God, it got, for me, it needs to be more than what I'm experiencing here. It has to be more than entertainment because that was a big part for me. And it has to be more um, than just a traditional piece. And again, not that that's wrong, but it has to lead up to God to what you're saying. It, ha- it can't be above what you're saying. I didn't feel like that's what the case was. And so when I moved to Aaron's church, I said, like, oh, I feel like this is the same thing. Mm-hmm. But I know that it's more for mm-hmm. me. I know that it's um, more of you that I, that I just want to know about and I want to be a part of. But that church culture was really embedded in me. Um, I know he called me to teach. I love teaching. And with teaching, a lot of times comes speaking. And so in my mind, I never wanted to speak because it was pressure, pressure to perform, <laughs> pressure mm-hmm. to get these amens and these likes. And that came from me, to me, it came from my, the culture that I was just raised in. And maybe not even all church, maybe society or just, you know, um, the, the behaviors and things that happened around me that I grew up in as well. And so... That was a, a piece of the transition was going to Aaron's church. But in the midst of that, and I told Aaron, I was like, I love you. I, I want to support you and all you do, but there's more that I need. And I feel like I'm spiritually like just dying where I was. And so I was like, God, I know this more out here. And so Aaron gave me that freedom, thank God. He's like, okay, well, let's do this. Because I was serving his church too. I was serve. I was still a minister with the youth at his church as well when, when I transitioned from my dad's church. And he said, go visit a few places. See what you, what you like. See if there's anything out there that really, you know, you want to be a part of. And so I went to lunch with Felicia, shout out to Felicia, um, 
to a lunch one day and I said, hey, we're just eating. I said, hey, what church do you go to now? And she told me where she was at. Um, and then that's kind of how I got into um, Red Hills. But before that, God was just really leading me on. It's something I have for you to do. Sometimes I want for you to do. But until I move you, I need you to serve where you are. Until I release you to go, I need you to make sure that it's not about Jocelyn. It's not about what you're feeling, um, but about who you are and, and what I called you to do. And so in the midst of this whole college to adult years, um, my brother has two amazing kids. So I'm a proud auntie as well. And the oldest one of those um, is my niece. And so in those years of 15 years that you named out a little bit past that, um, she was sexually assaulted. And that was really, really, really hard for me to deal with um, because she's like a daughter to me. Because yeah. she's the first niece that I've ever had. And so I didn't have any kids at the time, so she was like a daughter to me. So I think I, I took that really, really hard when she was assaulted. Maybe even harder than her parents or anybody um, besides her, but I took it really hard. And so that had me questioning, okay, God, like, because we've never had anything happen in our life. Yeah. You know, I had a few things. I lost a car or lost a house or things like that, but I've never had anything really tough happen. And so I allowed that to put me in a place of like, this could happen, like what else could happen? Like a place of fear almost, or a place of doubt. I'm like, God, how in the world? And these things happen to people all the time, but mm -hmm. it never happened in my family. Mm -hmm. And so when that happened, it was really tough for me. And that was another moment of, of God changing me or um, showing me like, hey, do you believe in me? And do you believe what you say? about me do you believe what you grew up learning and understanding and so for me it it became really emotional and god told me it became clear he was saying you've been going in, in your life a lot on emotions of what you feel about me even what you were taught in your church culture and in community it's been a lot of what you feel but not what you know to be true about me and so that is what my niece helped me to i gotta know you god i gotta know you for myself that car accident kind of led up to that started those things but it was still i still was in the same culture and so it was mm. very emotional um how do i feel about something um if i feel good about it god you're doing good what if i don't feel it what if i don't feel it can i still know that you're real can i still know that you're god and can i still know that you're still my savior and so that kind of taught me or is touching me to be honest how to know god um outside of what i feel so i think that's kind of where i'm at now from just that 15 year period that you discussed mm -hmm. up until kind of a few years ago so now you you met with had lunch with felicia mm -hmm. uh and you're at red hills right right which i mean you kind of talked about it that was a huge transition for you from what you grew up in what you knew whether it was your dad's church or mm -hmm. Aaron's church like now red hills um is not that Right. Right. Like, so how did you, like, outside of just the lunch with Felicia, how did you end up, you know, here? Here. Here is in Red Hills here? H here, here where you it, are now? Period. H yeah. Like, that, that's, that's, that's however you want to take that. Yeah. I love it. And so, lunch with Felicia, we just discussed just where she was and where I was. Um, and then, so I visited church because I was visiting. I was hungry mm -hmm. um, for something else. I just knew there was something more, and I was hungry for that. And so I visited Red Hill, and the first time I was there, Marshall um, preached, and it was just, it was, it was, it was amazing. The teaching, um, I think, because I'm a teacher, I love to hear teaching, like break it down to me, like what does that look like? How is that applicable now? Mm -hmm. You know. And so he was able to do that through teaching. And so I told my husband, like, husband, we got to check out this church. Like, this is a good teacher here. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like God has used that 
to kind of catapult me even a little bit further or he used that to as i said earlier as a tool um to help me on this place and where i'm at now and so part of 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 the experience that has been amazing is because it's also showed me and i knew i was like i gotta be more to this it also showed me community and what a body of christ looks like body of christ looks like in in the sense of life like those things aren't separated like we're able to do community together um and so in church i grew up in culture wise we did some community but it was more so like eating at the church you know mm -hmm. we always at the church but other than that you may see the person again in bible study but that, that may be it and so this is where i'm at now teaching me how to just have community and what body of christ looks like um together and so it's kind of getting me back to for lack of better words almost back to the root mm. of my belief um if i can even explain it even which i it seemed like i would have been known this being out of church in my life but even the point of jesus is everything <laughs> you know like he is the treasure, you know. He is um, the one that we put above all. Like, he has to be even more than your children or your husband or your, your family. And so I used to, when my niece had that assault happen to her, it put a fear in me of what could happen. Um, and so I started seeing myself living as fearful as, oh, my gosh, like, if that happened, maybe this could happen. Or mm. will somebody else? no pass or will somebody else go through this or will I have to deal with this and so I was living in that place of fear and so where I'm at now is giving me the place of freedom to go back again almost going back to trusting God and who he is and that he has my life in his hands yeah. and so it's going back to that I know I have to know about who God is I have to know um that he's my savior. I have to know that he has me. And so what the place I'm at now with just the teachings that I'm hearing and my eyes even being a little bit more open is you're everything. Mm -hmm. Like you, you're everything. And I have to put you in that place where my life is lived as a such. As I'm talking and walking, you know, in you, um, and everything else is outside of that. And so it takes away the free, the pressure from trying to entertain. It takes away um, the pressure from trying to be this person. You know, because culture tells us, you know, be the boss, you know, be the yeah. boss woman, <laughs> especially, right. you know, African-American. You got to stand up. You got to be two times more or whatever. Mm. And so it relieves that. Now it's just like, a, oh, I can breathe. I can breathe. <laughs> you know, like I could just follow the Holy Spirit, which I've always loved about the Holy Spirit. was he. I always knew that he would use me and talk to me through my heart beating fast. I knew that I needed to say something. But I always felt like I had to be a person in the room to talk up first. And so now I'm learning. I could just sit. I don't have to say nothing. Mm -hmm. and disagree. Oh, that's good. Support. Yeah. But I always felt the pressure to say something, you know, to right. be that. And mm -hmm. so learning my place and learning um, God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit in my life and how the Trinity works and how they're first and everything else. Not even first, they're everything. It changes my views. Mm. And so that's kind of um, where I'm at. And War Felicia kind of helped me yeah. <laughs> to get through that lunch experience. said something I was gonna ask a question but then I thought you just said something like where I can't ask the question <laughs> but because you said you're kind of in, the, in almost like a I, I desire to speak mm -hmm. but I mean you know you're kind of in a place where you're just kind of resting and kind of breathing mm -hmm. but I do want to ask mm -hmm. like because I I've gotten to know you somewhat well right yeah, over the last yeah, year I, I love so. having you and your family yeah. in, our, in our home and oh. just seeing you on Sunday you've always got a smile on your face yeah. and everywhere you serve in Red Hills is it's always a blessing 
but I guess I was going to ask is like, where do you see the Lord taking you from here? Because you've got a calling on your life. Yeah, definitely. Like you, I, I do believe you were called to speak. Yeah. Um, and if that, that season isn't right now for the next X amount of months or year, mm-hmm. whatever that may be, that's, that's perfectly fine. We all go through those seasons, but what, where do you feel like the Lord's taking you in the future? Like, where do you, where do you see yourself? What is the Lord speaking to you? Um, stuff like that. Yeah. And so I guess right now to even present to go to the future, he's really um, dealing with me on, I got this really from Miss Linda. She's been a blessing mm. too with prayer. Um, she's amazing in prayer, but she's really been helping us to go into the deep a little bit, you know, mm. to be able to sit underneath the wings of God and kind of simmer. Like let him deal with all those things that you even know existed, right? Yeah. Are things you do know that exist, and so that's kind of where I'm at now, which is letting God just do some things in me, uproot those things that should have never been, or that I have allowed to come in for experiences in life, circumstances in life, or whatever. And so I'm just kind of even in my prayer time, it's quiet. Mm. I'm used to talking and asking questions and God this and you know, yeah. declaring, agreeing, you know, all these things that we do in prayer. But it's like mm, I don't really know what to say right here. So I'm just going to sit and be quiet. And so that's kind of where I am. And it's weird because I'm not used to that. And again, in my culture, where we grew up is you got to declare, you got to decree, you got to speak those things. And you got to, you know, you get in the brand, you you know. So <laughs> to be kind of silent, like, oh, am I doing this right? Going back again to the basis of just Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I'm currently at just kind of sitting and just uh, listening, let him deliver and heal some things and bring up some things, uproot some things and mm-hmm. show a lot of things and open right. my eyes and close some doors, open some doors. And so with that, Lyle, you asked a really great question. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm even now wanting to, okay, God, I have a nine to five, grateful for my nine to five, but I really want to kind of do something different. I want to get out of that. I want to have the freedom possibility to go and to go and maybe teach some stuff here or be more with Aria or serve here. And I know a nine to five kind of um, cuts back on that a little bit. And so been praying about that even and what that looks like in my future. Um, I love teaching, so I've been praying about, do I need to, you know, do my own workshops or do some podcasts or mm-hmm. um, speaking even, you know, in the church. It's really hard for me to teach and speak outside of Christ. And so what I love that the church allows me to do is talk about Jesus. Yeah. Um, even with counseling or things of that nature, I don't know how to help you without Christ. I don't know how to give you advice without Christ because that's what I know is true for me. And so I feel like he's going to push me in that direction but to be honest, I don't know what that looks like. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> what that's going to be. But I do feel um, a calling to go beyond just what I'm working at and, it, and to kind of get outside of that. Um, but I don't know exactly what. That's perfectly right. <laughs> Sometimes, uh, well, actually, I posted something to the Red Hills Instagram this past week, which was the tag. It was from Psalms, and it said, uh, can't remember the scripture verse off the top of my head, but we said that the obedience sometimes is in the waiting. Mm, that's a good one. Um, I wish I could just quote, quote the scripture verse. I should know that more than the tagline. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that even spoke to myself in that moment. It was like, man, sometimes we want to do. Yeah, we want to go. Talk. We got to go walk. Because that's what we're, we're told to go do. You know, the Great Commission and all the things that we, you know, you read in the Bible, all this, this action. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear, but there was in the Psalms, you read it. Um, here it is. It's Psalms 135, 135. I wait for the Lord. My my whole being waits. And mm. in his word, I put my hope. That's a good one. 
And there, but there's this patience that you find in the Psalms that tell you to kind of like, chill, mm-hmm. chill, rest, breathe, right? Sit, be still, wait. Um, and I'll speak when I'm ready to speak, but yeah. you need to, you need to wait. Yeah. Um, and if you're in that season, man, it's like a river though. Sometimes like, you know, you were talking about like in your prayer life and you're just sitting there and it's like, if there's, it's more quiet than anything mm. else, but that feeling of, of, it's like a river flowing overview of like a refreshing. Um, and if you're in that season, there's no reason for you to have a plan because the Holy Spirit will take yeah, care of all of it. That's true. Yeah. But Some you got a calling on you. Yeah. You just got to figure out which one it is. Yeah. Or which ones, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love the idea of a podcast. You know, yeah. I think there's, some, there's you have a perspective because you come from a, cho- a certain church culture mm-hmm. and you've kind of been inserted out of that. You have a very interesting perspective on that that maybe few people could have that could help people not transition out because mm-hmm. you don't necessarily have to leave. Yeah. But a, 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 a perspective that says, Okay, we need, maybe we need to wake up a little bit, right? All folks, right? Mm-hmm. Need to wake up a little bit, and um, I would, I would love to hear more on that. Yeah. I'd love to hear your thoughts yeah. on on that um, because I think it's fascinating. Yeah. So, I think God has always given me to the diversity. So I'm social work by degrees, mm-hmm. but I've always loved just people in general, and I never looked at looked at color. But sometimes that's what you put into almost, right? right? Yeah. Like I grew up in the south side of Tallahassee. So everything I grew up was black for the most part. I've never ever just wanted to be that. Like I've always loved just people. And so I always wondered like, why are churches so different? I never thought about, I mean, I'm acting on it, but it was just like, why are we like, even kind of the way we see Jesus to be honest. And that's kind of what drew me was Christian music, gospel music. They're different, different, even sometimes in our words and our perspective of it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, God, but this is not kingdom. This is different. And so I'm not saying that we shouldn't have, you know, all black whatever churches or whatever, but how do we still represent Christ on earth through mm. our worship and our worship services? What does that look like together? Right. And why are we so doggone separate? That's right. That's <laughs> you know, right. why are we so separate? Yeah. So I always wanted that, but... Um, that is the, that's like the million dollar question. Yeah. Why are we so, so separate? separate? Yeah. And even just in, outside of even the church or just, you know, people in general, um, it's always black this or white this. But I'm like, yo, the cultures are different, but it's a beautiful thing. How do I learn about your culture? You know, my line. We get to celebrate it together. That's right. You know, Asian, our Hispanic culture. Like, God gave us, you know, different cultures for a reason. I don't want to be separate, but just to be able to celebrate in those and love each other in those. And just share. And yeah. so I would love to see that, you know, across the span in the churches. How can we be our these individual cultures that grew yeah. up, to, you know, like you said, um, in different areas, but then how can we all still be one body? Yes. One Christ? How can we still achieve the ultimate goal, which is in Christ, there is ne- neither male nor female, right. nor Greek nor Jew, you know, like how can we achieve that, but yet still having Happy. these separate yeah. identities, which I think that's, you know, this wasn't the purpose of the <laughs> podcast, but if you look at the culture of the church today, yeah. that seems, you know, with critical race theory, wherever it may be popping up everywhere, there's these questions being asked and at the core, it's like, oh, well, we're, we're all in Christ. We're this one thing. But yet we are still very in, individualistic. And yeah. we still have these cultures that, that make us who we are. Yeah. So how can we achieve, live out one, but mm-hmm. also be the other at right. the same time and still walk through that with a clear mind where we're not creating more division? Yeah. It's a, we're in a, it's, a, it's a very dividing time within the church, mm-hmm. but I find it incredibly fascinating yeah yeah and it maybe help us to just talk about it for example mm-hmm. i served on connections at the table 
on Sunday and a young lady came to me and she was like, your hair, <laughs> like it was long last Sunday and I had plaits last oh, Sunday. Okay. But this Sunday my hair is like natural and it's just kind of out, <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> everywhere. And she was like so intrigued and we were just talking about how our hair is different. Oh, awesome. But we just talked about it. It wasn't like, oh, she just offended me. She didn't. I love to express to her the difference in our hair. Right. She's like, if I did that, my hair would be poof. I was like, no, mine will too a certain way. And so it was just like, let's just talk, you yeah. know, but sometimes we get so... I can't say that, you know, she's black, or I can't say that she's white, but no, let's talk, yeah. let's be open, right. so that we can understand, I think it comes to understanding to uh, the differences that we have, but yet the similarities. Yeah. And so I think it's I'm, about, I'm about as white as they come. <laughs> you ain't going to get much whiter than me. Yeah. And I, but I, and I love that I can sit and talk with Aaron for yeah. you. For, I love that we can be each other very individualistic. Right. And be, we can see color, we can see these mm -hmm. things. But it's not a barrier. Yeah, it's not That's a wall. It, it just yeah. makes up who we are. Yeah. It's part of. It makes up who we are. Yeah. on some level. Yeah, while we all carry the banner of in Christ, we are all one. Right, and if we can somehow figure that part out, that, yeah, man, I'm it'll telling change. you, yeah, the, the whole the whole thing will change. It'll it, change. It, it will stop being so dogmatic. We'll stop being so divisive mm -hmm. if we can figure that part out. That's true. We're we're Get individual, but yet we are all one. Yeah, Get to the core. Yeah. yeah. One last thing, right? Sure, so one of my good friends at work, um, he's atheist. And so mm. we were just talking. It was maybe like three of us. And it was those two Christians and two atheists talking. And this is my first time I've ever been in a relationship with a, well, a conversation with an atheist, like for real talking. And the one thing he said that stuck, up, stuck out to me and I felt so convicted, he was like, Christians say they love, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Buddhists say they love. Hinduists say they love. Everybody say they love, but then we don't have any love in the world. He's like, we just love like our religions tell us to love because to him it's religion. Then we'll be a better place. He's yeah. like, what y'all fight with each, each, each other is Christians. Yep. And I was like, dang. He's like, so how much love <laughs> are All you right, showing right. within to even without that's showing? Right. I was like, that's a very good point, sir. Such a good very point. good point. Just we don't, you know. I love it when atheists or non-believers who didn't grow up in church, mm -hmm. these are people who are just atheists by right. like nature, have a better grasp on some of these concepts than people in the church do. Because it's 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 fascinating to me that God can still speak to them. Yeah, like, <laughs> that, that to me is the Holy Spirit convicting him. Yeah, like, man. Mm, like it. Mm. Mm -hmm. So that that's a deeper. Maybe we should have a podcast. I think we should. I'm down with that. I love it. Okay. I love it. Why are we separate? Are we, we already have a podcast. We already have it. Why are we separate? There it is. That's it. But anyways, thank yeah. you, Jocelyn, for, for opening up and, and sharing your story. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know it's challenging at times to put that stuff out there, but we really do appreciate you just being you. Yeah, I appreciate it, too. It helped me to see some things, too. So <laughs> we good. talked it out. That's good. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you.